Now throw your ears in the air and listen like you just don't care. And if you like two weird chicks who have big dicks, everybody out there say, Twat you say? Twat you say? A podcast with Jen and Amber, two, two girls, girls who don't know what the fuck they're doing. Hey, Twat fam, we're back. Back again. Guess who's back? Tell Tell your friends. <laughs> it's Jen and Amber. And um, I'm feeling a little under the weather. I'm at the beginning of a cold. So apologies for any lackluster energy. But I will give it my best. Um, so before I get into a couple news stories that I grabbed, um, because I've been recommending these things nonstop to friends, I just wanted to give a quick little... Shout out to the things that I've watched this week that I highly recommend. Um, they're all on Netflix and they're all true crime related theme in my life. Um, so the first one is Don't Fuck With Cats Hunting an Internet Killer. It's a documentary. I highly recommend it. I've been telling literally everybody about it. So if you're into true crime, go watch it. Trigger warning though, there is animal abuse um, as well as murder in it. So if you can't handle those things then maybe skip that one um the other one is kevin hart's don't fuck this up which is a docuseries um i'm not sure if he's actually going to come up come out with the full um stand-up routine that he did during the time that this was filmed but anyways um it kind of goes over the whole oscars um incident and mm. um as well as his cheating scandal it was really an interesting um docuseries so I recommend that I really like Kevin Hart in general so um it was kind of cool to see that side of it and then the last one is um it comes across as fictional but it's technically loosely based on a true crime story it's called Dirty John and um it's just one season I don't know that they'll go beyond it but because it wouldn't make sense to since it's based on true stuff with just some made up fictionalized things but they may just do um, something similar to it like a anthology type series maybe but anyways so it, it's really good I recommend it um so yeah the news stories I have are both dun 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 true crime related <laughs> <laughs> those, are the, the theme those are the things that grab my attention <laughs> i mean it's true uh, you know Crime. okay i'm riveted by it okay so a ripped from the headlines feature on lifetime is coming out called chris watts confessions of a killer um so chris watts was first seen um to the public when he tearfully pleaded to tv cameras for the safe return of his pregnant wife and their two daughters um, he was at the center of the story as a distraught husband and father, um, but that all changed when he failed a lie detector test and in November 2018 confessed to the murderers of his family. That's fucked. Um, Chris Watts' Confession of a Killer airs on Lifetime Saturday, January 25th um, at 8 p.m. as part of the network's Stop Violence Against Women campaign um, and a PSA featuring resources on domestic abuse, crisis hotlines, excuse me, crisis helplines and other valuable information will appear after the movie. Um, and then following that, beyond the headlines, the Watts Family Tragedy airs at 10 p.m. on Lifetime. And um, that special includes never-before-seen footage and new interviews with the detective Tammy Lee and Shannon's closest friends, Cassandra Rosenberg and Cindy DeRosset. Well, hello, Rocky. We heard you barking. Hi, my baby. 
Um, so I'm interested to see that, obviously, because I have an interest in true crime and for sure, like and diving behind the scenes. You know, Lifetime doesn't always make crappy shit because actually, what we reviewed today started out as a Lifetime show. Did it? Mm-hmm. It was uh, season one was on Lifetime. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, but they oh, really... I guess because I didn't watch it on Lifetime. I watched it on Netflix. Yeah. Um, but they they really didn't market it well, and I think just the stigma of Lifetime being the channel that it is, I don't think a lot of people gave it a chance. Yeah. But then Netflix bought it. Because Netflix was like, we know what's up. Exactly. We know what to do with this. Um, and so that's why it's on Netflix now. Mm. But yeah, it started out on Lifetime. Fun fact. Did not know that. Full circle. Okay. Second news story. Netflix is releasing a new docuseries titled Killer Inside the Mind of Aaron Hernandez. So Aaron Hernandez is the NFL star who rose to fame as a tight end for the New England Patriots and was convicted of the murder of Odin Lloyd in 2013 and sentenced to life in prison. He ended up committing suicide in his prison cell more than two and a half years ago. Um, just five days before that, Hernandez was the um, acquitted of the 2012 double homicide of Daniel DeAbreu. I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. I apologize. And Safiro Furtado. Um, Hernandez is fiance and mother of his daughter, Shayana Jenkins, cast doubt on the cause of his death, but the medical examiner concluded the 27-year-old hanged himself from a sheet attached to his cell window. Um, John 316 was written in ink on his forehead and also in blood on his cell walls. And he wrote a suicide note to Jenkins, which eventually came out in court documents and in part said, Shay, you have always been my soulmate and I want you to live life and know I'm always with you. I told you what was coming indirectly. Tell my story fully, but never think anything besides how much I love you. This was the Supremes, the Almighty's plan, not mine. I love you. So Killer Inside, The Mind of Aaron Hernandez starts streaming January 15th on Netflix. Again, looking forward to it. That's fucked up. I don't know why. Ever since I was a kid, I have had a weird fascination with uh, serial killers as well as drug addicts, which <laughs> makes sense because my first relationship was with a drug addict. But, like, it was so weird that Hopefully as a kid I was... Hopefully not a serial killer. <laughs> right? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Because you never know. <laughs> you never know. Um, yeah. Like, but anyways. So those were the, Ted Bundy was. Those were the two... Um, stories that kind of stuck out to me that I was like, hmm, I want to write those down for myself even so that I know to look out for those when they come. Nice. Yeah. So, any Hoosier? Speaking of serial killers, remind me to show you and everybody else um, this photo shoot that Penn Badgley did um, Mm. for like the promo for season two. Yeah. Because looks like he could play fucking Ted Bundy and something. Yeah. Like, we obviously we talked about it. I don't know if we... Did we? Yeah. Oh. I think it was via text or messenger or something oh, of that sort. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I sent you it on Instagram. That's right. Yeah. forgot about that. But, yeah, like, obviously he's more attractive than Ted Bundy. But, like, in, in the particular photo shoot, like, the... The colors, the Height style. Like, e- <laughs> like, the even just, like... The way his hair, like, was and, like, yeah. the beard and everything. And he has like, that whole look behind him. That yeah, he kind of has, like, a, like, not... <laughs> not him in natural. No, but, like, yeah, I could... And the fact that he plays Joe so well... Right. 
he could definitely play the character well, I feel like. For sure. Because he's got that, like, charming thing, but there's a little darkness. You know what's weird? This is going to sound a little crazy, but I almost find myself more attracted to Penn Badgley as Joe than I do Penn Badgley as Penn Badgley. Is that weird? (laughs) No. Joe is, like, uh, that's what I, okay, that is what drew me, like, into the book when I read the book which was way before they came out with the show. Um, the character, something about it, it's like, you know he's bad, but there's something about him that draws you in. And, yeah. like, the casting that they did with Pen, with Penn as Joe, like, he just kind of nails it. So it's like he embodies that character where you're like, man, right? I'm just attracted to you. And I get it. Major spoiler alert, like, if you don't want to know what actually happens, like... Stop here. Stop here. Go watch the season, then come back. Exactly. Or if you give no fucks, then just keep listening. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so anyways. No. Um, okay, so first episode's called A Fresh Start. Mm-hmm. And we see Joe um, in Los Angeles because he's moved there to escape Candace. Exactly. Um, Which, spoiler alert, very significant change from what happened in the book which was something that was real hard for me while watching it like I really enjoyed the season just like I enjoyed the last season yeah but because I've I've read both of the I read you and I read hidden body or listened to hidden bodies um there's they make way more changes yeah in this season than they did in the first in the first one like the first one they made some pretty significant changes which I think is why they did some of the changes that they did in this one because they had already set yeah they had changed something maybe it was like, intentional so that they could potentially even keep it going yeah exactly um but so it was a little hard sometimes for me to be watching it and going like well in the book <laughs> like and like, every time I'd have the thought I would like stop and like stop thinking about it as the book just yeah. think about it as the show from a from that perspective, how do you feel about what just happened? Right. So. Uh, yeah, and I have no frame of reference because I didn't read the book, so I didn't have any of that. Yeah. To compare it to. But I remember having that feeling when we watched the Twilight Saga movies because I had read all the books that there were some things. They kept fairly well to the books. They did. But there, there inevitably is stuff that they left out or was different or whatever. And so, yeah, yeah it is kind medium. of when you read the book first, it's. It's very comparable. I feel yeah. like, yeah, for me, it's almost it's weird though because I've tried to to read you after watching the season, and because the season hooked me so hard, the book isn't hooking me as hard. Mm. But I don't know if it was just because when I tried to read it, I wasn't in the right mind, mind frame, frame or I was like busy with other things. So I still want to try and and read the book, um, but I almost think it's harder for me to read the book after I've seen visually. Mm-hmm what's happened or things you know what I mean I don't know yeah yeah see and for me just in general um I'm kind of the opposite sorry I've got hiccups um so usually like I mean I'll watch even if I've read a book or not read a book or watched a movie and not read the book whatever I usually always prefer like if it's possible to see a movie or a show or something before I read the book because then I feel like I gain things when I read the book as opposed to losing things um but if it's a situation where um I haven't read the book and I've read 
or not read the movie, not read the movie. <laughs> um, if I've not read a book, but I've seen the movie or show that was based off of it, I still enjoy going into the book because then now I have kind of like a frame, more of like a, a frame of reference. Like it's nice to start to like read a book and like, um, make up your own shit like obviously like without having anything already put into your brain mm -hmm. but um I guess I just I also don't really care if if they gave me a frame of reference to go off of and that's what I put into the book yeah. although in this case obviously I read I did read I read the both books before I saw um both seasons um of the show and then I actually re like listened to both of them after I mean obviously I haven't re-listened to Hidden Bodies after I watched this we just finished watching it but um and I actually even though I already had a picture in my head of who it was like just Penn did such a good job that now I can't think of it as anybody else but him yeah like like I that's who I see as Joe now yeah because he was incredible yeah I think I think yeah I just need, it's easier for me to read the book first. If I'm going to read the book. Yeah. Nice. And then I can for sure, I'm, I can for sure reread it after seeing it. But yeah, there's just something about. No, I get you. I get you. But also, I was anyways, super rambly it. just now, so <laughs> you can feel free to cut that right the fuck out. Um, like. Okay, so in the first episode, he kind of, I think. I think that's when he kind of shows how he escaped canvas to begin with yeah i think which was very i think it was the first, it. right um and oh so then he also gets a job in the first episodes at anovren which is like this uh super bougie health food store slash cafe slash, slash bookstore book it's like all these things in one and it's nirvana spelled backwards which is fucking dumb <laughs> <laughs> and then we also see him meet love for the first time which is the first name of the character he is now obsessed with Accurate. love it i mean do anything for love but, but, but um, i won't do that oh no but he will do that <laughs> he will do anything so the second episode has my favorite title, Which and it's is? called Just the Tip. <laughs> so dirty. Do you remember why? Um, yeah. I, I, I just, <laughs> I motioned to her why it was called Just the Tip, but I don't really want to give that part away. <laughs> so, oh, something to mention this season is that Joe is going by another name, mm -hmm. Will Bettelheim. Yes. Which, um, I believe is the name that he goes by in the book, but fun fact, the character that, the other character that is also Will Bet Bettelheim in this episode, or in the series, or in the, not the series, in the season, uh, not a character in the book. Yeah. Like, at all. But, I feel like, was one of those things where the addition of him actually was of like the real Be Will Bettelheim yeah like that the addition of that character was something that like as having been a fan of the book first and like being obviously a little bit more judgmental about the season because of that like I was real for that addition like that yeah. I thought that it was a really smart um move on the part of the showrunners to add him in and I'm a huge fan of Robin Taylor Lord 
Robin Lord Taylor. Taylor Lord, I said it right the first time. <laughs> um, he's in Gotham. He plays Penguin. Um, and he's been in some other stuff, too. Like, he was in yeah. uh, Walking Dead. And, like, I just love him as an actor. And so I get excited whenever I get whenever I see him, like, pop up and things. I'm like, yes! <laughs> yeah, he's cutie. Um, so, yes. Spoiler alert. There is a real Will Bettelheim. And we do meet him. Joe <laughs> takes his identity. Yes. Yes, he does. Because that's what Joe does. You know, new crimes every day. <laughs> Um, so what else happens? Um, oh, so in the second episode, um, there's someone that's looking for the real Will Bettelheim, but they think that Joe is the real Will Bettelheim, and it gets real sticky real quick. Yes, it does. That guy was funny, though. Jasper? Yes. Did it, was that just me? Like, I feel like he was meant to be funny, like the way they wrote him. Like, obviously, he... I didn't think he was funny. I don't, well, I don't no. remember specifically thinking he was funny, but... Well, okay, I say funny because it's, like, this thing where it's, like... So, he's this big dude, but he has this, like, real friendly face and, like, yeah, his cadence. Yeah, he looks like a nobody. Yeah, like, exactly. And, like, the way that they have him come off, he's, like, just very, like... He sounds very nice about what he's saying, but then he does some fucked up shit like mm-hmm. and so it's like i liked the juxtaposition of his like oh yeah i'm like a real sweet dude but like don't fuck with me okay seriously though okay okay thanks. cool oh okay <laughs> like <laughs> that's where i found it funny yeah I, I enjoyed that um so will finds a place to live and oh. um but so the the apartment manager delilah and her little sister ellie become kind of like well, Ellie kind of becomes friends with him first. Yeah, Delilah doesn't really trust him at first. Yeah. Um, Gee, I wonder why. I was going to say, <laughs> she's got a good nose on her. <laughs> um, so anyways, that's just like some new characters that are introduced in the first couple episodes. Um, oh, and so Love also has, like, I'm just kind of going to go through some of the, the characters. characters. So Love yeah. has a brother named Forty. Who, at first I thought, I wasn't sure if he was gay. And then I was like, and then when obviously we found out he wasn't, I was like, okay, like, he's just, he has like a crazy personality. Um, they made 40 a lot more likable in the show than they did in the book. Oh, I was going to say, because I really liked 40. Yeah, that, I think that, it was, like I said, it was real hard for me to tear myself away from like, what I'd built up in my head from the book yeah. versus this. Because... I think what I liked about the book more than this season, which it was still, I, I enjoyed watching this a lot. I think it's worth it to watch it, but I feel like, especially in Hidden Bodies, which was the sequel, which is what this season is based off of, the characters in it are unlikable. Yeah. Like, you really are just like, yeah, like. But actually, if you, so... I feel like yes, they made them likable. But if you actually like tear down the people, they are all unlikable. Like they all do some fucked up shit. No, they do. I'm not saying that they steered so far away from the book that it was like, oh, all of these people are super likable. Like now you feel bad when he like does stuff to them or whatever. But I feel like the like I feel like I think they went in my just in my opinion they went a hair too far in giving them humanity because then you feel less for joe who is your like protagonist because he's 
the storyteller, you know? Um, and, yeah, I feel like they made a lot of the characters that were really unlikable in the book way too likable in this. I mean, I can't really say because I didn't read the book, but I didn't come out of it with a feeling of, like, feeling anything less for Joe because of their likability. I don't think it's so much that it changed my opinion of Joe, because I think that they still stuck pretty spot on to how Joe is in the books. Right, but you had just said that because they were but, so likable, it kind of makes you feel less... Not okay, less okay. Maybe that I, way, re- I, I, re- I, I, meant, I worded it incorrectly. Well, I think I know what your meaning was mm-hmm. in that, like, it's... So, like, we pull for Joe as the main character because there's a lot of good things that Joe does, and so, you yeah. like, you pull for him. And I think what you meant was that you kind of pull a little less for him because they're likable, but I didn't no, get that vibe. No, that's not what I meant. I worded it incorrectly. What I meant was I pull more for the other... Not more for the other characters. Right, that's what him. I meant. I just... I have more more um, compassion for the characters in this, which does make their... Um, outcomes the different people and the different things that happen to them and it it makes me feel bad for them not so much that it makes me not like joe as much it just makes me like them more and part of what i enjoyed about the book was the fact that the way she wrote it it was like everybody who basically got their comeuppance from joe i felt like fully deserved it in the show Okay. I don't feel like... I feel like they gave too much humanity to the other characters, so I felt too much for them. So then there was a little bit of this, like, oh, man, like, I feel like they had to die or or, whatever. Yeah, or whatever happened. Like, I feel worse for them, and that's not the feeling that I (laughs) wanted from it, if that makes sense. Like, I felt like in the first season, they kept a little closer to making the people that, like... He ended up killing or like ruining their life. He made like they made them as unlikable in the show as they were in the books. Whereas I feel like in this one, because they changed so much and they added to people's backstories and which I think was a good thing to give a little bit more insight into some of the characters, but it also I feel like it gave them too much like yeah, it just gave them too much humanity, whereas in the book, they were just shit people. Mm-hmm. All of them. Like, I mean, it's in my opinion, it's probably better that they did, but again, I can't really say because I didn't read the book. But, yeah. uh, I mean, I like the fact that they did, though, because, because it's more realistic. Like, people... There are, like, people do bad things and people also do good things. Which is what I like about Joe is that, like, he's a bad person, but he does good things as well. And so, not that it balances itself out, but, like, it makes it more easy to root for somebody who's also trying to do good. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the point, too, for for the people this season is that, like, yeah, they all, they all kind of have some shitty shit going on. Um in their own ways and they've all like kind of done bad things but they're also good in other ways so it does make you pull for them because I think I think you need that in uh, movies and TV in general like more complex characters good and bad because yeah a it helps you relate to them and b it also like 
gives you that more re- much more reason to like be invested in the show. Yeah, no, no, and I even I actually have a note here that I said um, <laughs> that I liked how the uh, my note to myself I liked that they fleshed out the characters more. I yeah. did enjoy that. My You're just own, stuck on the comparison to the book. Yeah, I was. It was real hard for me to, like I said, separate the book from the yeah. season. Um, I think maybe like how remember when we went and saw some of the Twilight movies. So I think specifically the first one, we were like, we we saw it two times quickly. The first time we saw it, yeah. we both super, super, super compared it to the book and were slightly disappointed with a lot of things. And then because we had already had tickets yeah. for the other one, we went and saw it again and we were able to less compare yeah, it so and I we liked it in its whole new way. So I think if you were to rewatch it, it'd be a little yeah, bit of which a Which I plan on doing. Yeah. I wanted I wanna rewatch it. Like you said, you need to have more fleshed out characters for this kind of a medium. And I enjoyed that they fleshed them out more. I just think that they maybe overcorrected I think in my opinion a little bit yeah like by going a little too far on foot like too far on flushing them out I guess is my issue not like like they definitely were better for having been fleshed out but I feel like there were especially with certain characters um They gave them too much humanity so that, which I think is just me repeating myself, but like, so that I, like, you felt worse when whatever their demise was that happened. Like, you felt worse for them than, not than you should have, but kind of than you should have. Because then it becomes like, the show is supposed to be Joe. Like, Joe is your main person, right? Like, and when you give everybody else that, like, extra bit too much humanity, it does take away a little bit, at least for me, um, like, the, I guess the wanting him to get away with it more. Like, I still wanted him to get away with everything because... I like him as a character, but I was, like, a little bit more disappointed in him when certain things happened because... I mean, I guess I get where you're coming from because I do feel more this season than last season that I was, like, Joe's a bad guy. Yeah, exactly. But I'm okay with that because Joe is a bad guy. I'm yeah. okay with the fact and that I've guess... seen more of that this season than I did last season because that's just how people are. Like, sometimes you're more good than bad, sometimes you're more bad than good, and... Uh, yeah, I guess I'm just okay. I was okay with how it was yeah, done. Yeah, and I guess what I, I guess what to me was refreshing about the novel was the fact that you could feel so like such a connection with this very obviously bad person. Like, I mean, person who does very bad things, um, and that was like to me, like that was part of why I loved the novel because I was like, man, like. This guy is a fucking serial killer and a stalker, and I should, for all intents and purposes, be rooting against him 100%, and I am 100% rooting for him. Right. Well, because in the book, I mean, in the show, you obviously get his point of view because there's a lot of internal monologue that they do. Yeah. But I'm sure there's even 
10 times the amount in the book because the book's told from his perspective and you yeah. literally know everything that he's thinking and why he's justifying his yeah. actions and all those things. So I totally get that. Yeah. So that was all. It was like, it wasn't that I didn't like it or that I thought that like they shouldn't have fleshed out characters. It's more so just that I feel like they went a little, a little too, they swung a little too far to the right or whatever direction. Gotcha. You want to go with. <laughs> um, so let me look at my notes for the next couple episodes. So there's What Are Friends For? Which um, is when him and Love are trying to just be friends. Mm. And Henderson and Ellie are hanging out. Henderson is a comedian who has a CD past. Also played by Chris D'Elia. Shout out to Chris D'Elia <laughs> for, like, I love Chris D'Elia personally. Um, and I, but I, and I kind of liked uh, seeing him in a role that was like, I don't know, I guess a little um, darker than he would normally play. Oh, and then Forty and Joe slash Will become like, closer um during that episode and then the following one the good the bad and the hendy um so this is i don't whatever so this is what <laughs> i was like should i say you could just so, say spoiler alert if you if yeah you spoiler alert this is when um joe finds hendy's like sex dungeon basically um because he um what's the word i'm looking for he um I don't know, takes advantage is the best one that comes to mind, but it's not the word I'm looking for. He basically takes advantage of underage girls. Not necessarily, I don't know. He's a predator. Yeah, I don't know to the extent that he actually takes advantage of them, but in any way, he takes advantage of them. Um, and Joe also meets Love's friends, her closest friends, and then... Um, Someone dies. <laughs> Someone always dies. Someone's got to die, you know? For sure. Uh, what did you think about Love's Friends? Um, I kind of struggled on whether I liked them or not. Like, I would have these moments where I'm like, man, she got a good, you know group of clutch friends right there and then there were some times where I was like they're a little too over the top for what they are like you know I mean they're like um they all sometimes they almost came off as fake I mean it's LA it's LA yeah which is I, I mean so no they like <laughs> I liked them in that I think that they achieved what they were trying to which was that showing that like you know everybody kind of has a sheen of plastic around them in the city yeah and but there is more to the depths uh of them underneath for sure um okay so the next episode which is episode five so the halfway mark um is called have a good weekend joe and this is when dun 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 candace returns to joe's life as amy adam as amy adam by the way, the joke later in the series when he was like, oh, I'm sorry, it was Britney, Britney Spears Spear taken? taken? 
made me hella laugh because as soon as she said Amy Adam, I was like, yeah, alrighty. <laughs> Anyways, so Candace comes back and is uh, dating Forty under a false name mm-hmm. so that she can stay close to the family and, um, per her words, protect them from Joe. Yeah, they tried to make her too likable too. I didn't like it. But here's the thing though. So this is what I actually really liked about the way that the season went. Like, yes, you root for Joe because he's the main character. But in all reality, if he was actually a real person in your life, you probably wouldn't be voting, rooting for him. You know what I mean? So the fact that, like, Candace, he didn't mean to be real. No, I know. But, like, he (laughs) didn't mean, he, quote, unquote, didn't mean to kill her when he was trying to kill her. She survives. No one fucking believes her that her ex-boyfriend is this crazy fucking guy that, like, tried to murder her and bury her alive. Mm -hmm. No one believes her. She is brave enough to try to take him on. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, she's crazy in her own right in some degree, but also, like, she had these terrible things happen. She's just trying to, like, save anyone else from that. And then, like, all this other stuff happens. But, like, I like the fact that for every single character, there are things that make you almost root for the opposite of what you should inherently be rooting for. And I like that. I like that they're good characters, but you're rooting for them not to win because you want Joe to win, who's a bad character. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I like the whole play on that this season. Because... Even while more and more negative things of Joe were coming up, and I was like, oh, man, he's, that's not a cool, that's not, you know, like, I was still rooting for him in those things, but also it's just, like, awakening other parts, and I liked that. So, yes, they made her more likable this season, but I, in, to a degree, um, but also because of the story, and because we're following Joe's story, I still didn't root for her. Yeah. I still thought, like, good for her. Like, you you know what I mean? Like, you're doing all you can to try to, like, help a situation. But I'm still not rooting for you. Yeah. No, I get, like, I get your perspective 100%. I'm, like, I just don't like what they, like. Yeah. I like the, I like the show. If I separate it from the book, I like the show. I think that it was well done. I think that the characters are well written. Yeah. I think that everything was very well casted. So I'm assuming in... So in the second book, was Candace alive? Candace wasn't a character. I mean, Candace, the ex-girlfriend, was a character. In the first book. In the first book. But she wasn't anything She wasn't in the second book. In she the actually second died. One. She replaced her... I'm what assuming. they did because of what the way they changed the ending of... So they changed up pretty big plot point in the first season which included her Mm -hmm. that wasn't in the book there was a different person that he meets at the end of the first book that becomes what essentially they make candace out to be in this second season Mm. like she replaces this character who was super fucking unlikable and you is basically joe but like worse than joe no no no, but worse (laughs) than joe and love, they have a big twist with her in this that they didn't have in the in the book. Like, there's a twist in the book with yeah. her, 
but like I actually this is one of the parts where I was like I think that that that's actually one thing that the show improved upon I kind of felt like the pace of the first seven eight episodes was good a little a little slow ish mm-hmm. like it was like, I don't know I really but then like all of a sudden nine and ten was when like everything fucking just like got spilled on the floor like all the things happened yeah and I was like holy shit yeah no I feel you I didn't see it coming at all yeah I was like holy cannoli <laughs> for sure although I'm I um I kind of called what was going to happen at the end, even though it's not what happened in the book. Like, like obviously I knew that they were taking this in like a sort of different, not full on di- different direction than the book, but they were taking it in a different direction than the book. And I still was like, mm. I, I, like I, I knew something about love real early on and not because of the book. Yeah. Like I, I just, I called something with her. So without giving too much away, because I think that's a fairly significant spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, Love, who he, who's like his current love interest in this season, it has her own like kind of dark past and like twisted, you know, family dynamic that you explore and learn as the episodes go on. Um, I, that sounds (laughs) Um, I, when it all unfolded, uh, I, I liked the way that they played out the whole, okay, I'm giving you all of this Mm -hmm. about my past, whatever. Um, like I see that you're broken and I want to show you that I'm broken too kind of thing. And then him being like, whoa, 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 whoa. But then also like. You guys are kind of perfect for each other. Yeah, soulmates. <laughs> There's a perfect somebody out there for everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I, I kind of liked that twist that I was like, I yeah. can see which was this it was that being was... like an actual relationship now. Yeah, where it's not so much like yeah one person is extra fucking crazy. Yeah, and I mean it's the twist that they have in the show is a similar twist to what happened in the book with love, but I felt like they. They took it another, like, just like with everything else in this, they took it another step, but in this case, I enjoyed the step further that they took over it. Like, yeah. that toe over the line that they did, I was like, that was some fucking smart-ass writing, and huh. I a little bit wish that had been part of the book. <laughs> like, the, uh, that was a part where I feel like the show improved upon the source material. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So there's not really much more plot-wise that I want to dive into because, again, I want to keep some things, like, secret. For sure. But is there any other, like, just questions or thoughts or, like, topics that you wanted to discuss? Um, what were some of the things that I wanted to say? They're all just, like, random thoughts, essentially. Um, oh, so even though I obviously, like, I listened to the sequel way before I we watched this um and so I was familiar with all the characters I was familiar with their names their general backgrounds all that stuff tell me why when I was watching it like I was watching the last few episodes last night 
And my mom had, uh, she binged both seasons and finished the second season before I finished it. Yeah. Um, and she was like, who names their kid 40? And then I was all like, and in my brain, I was like, 40. I was like, well, isn't that like a tennis term? Like 40 love? And then I was like, oh my God, 40 love. Their parents are that big of douches that they named the, like, I knew that they were, their parents were douches anyways. But it, even though I read the book and I've seen those names over and over and over again prior to this, it took me saying it out loud to my mom when I was trying to, in my head, think of like 40. I was like, well, it's probably like a I'm tennis like, term. I'm out for your, for your homies. Yeah, and <laughs> I was like 40, I know. And I was like, well, their parents are bougie. It was probably like a, like a, go- uh, not a, I've never heard um, that term. A tennis reference. Yeah, 40 love. It's, uh, and I think it's also, that's like, has something to do with when you win. So. But, like, yeah, it took it took me saying it out loud to be like, oh, funny. I see what they did there. Which, ha ha. Yeah, which I thought was super funny. <laughs> uh, I, I laughed even more about the fact that it took me that long to put it together. It's kind <laughs> it of like that. It seems so obvious now. It's kind <laughs> of like that, um, that J-Lo and Ja Rule song where in the beginning she goes, R-U-L-E. She's spelling out rule, uh-huh. but I... Until a couple years ago, always thought was like, are you Ellie? Like the name Ellie. And I'm like, who the fuck is Ellie? Um, nah. Ellie is a character L-E. in the second season that was not in the first, that was not in the book. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. But I like to, I, I do, like, there are some cases in both seasons of this show um, that I do, but especially in this one, where I really do enjoy even though they took away some characters, like, I enjoyed the ones that they actually made up that weren't in the book. Like, I thought that they were um, good additions to the story. Yeah. Well, so, I believe in the first book, the little boy was not yeah, a he real character. Was, yeah. And she kind of plays the little boy of this exactly. season. Exactly. Like, somebody looking and up that, to him. Well, yeah, and that's and to, that I think, give... I think also, that's probably something they did because they were changing before... Okay. Because they were giving more humanity to the other characters I think that they added both of those characters the kid characters that were like somebody that he could mentor and like that he saw himself in um they gave that him to add to 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 give him more yeah to try and balance out the the likability that they were essentially taking away from him by making everybody else more likable yeah so I enjoyed those additions to it because I was like okay well you're trying to at least right you know so yeah because a little bit. We've said that like he's a bad guy, but he also does the he does good things. And yeah. by good things, I don't mean his actions are good, but his uh, the reasons behind some of his actions are yeah. understandable. So like with the Henderson character, obviously he was a pedophile of mm-hmm. some degree, and like he Joe wasn't gonna see him for that. You know what I mean? Like for sure. That's not okay, even for him. And so he was going to, you know, like... Standards, man. He was going to protect people from this person. And so, like, that is an admirable thing that Joe took on. And that kind of helps to add to the likability, too. Yeah. I think that's a theme with, like, almost every character in the show. Is that everybody does the things that they do because they think they're protecting somebody else. Right. Which is why... Like, which is why they're likable. Yeah. You know, because they're all doing it for quote unquote good for reasons. They're you know? all doing it for love, guys. <laughs> but I'm fun. But I'm fun. Yeah. I, 
kind of feel like you have to have, unless you're going for a sincerely dark uh, show, you have to have yeah. that, just like with Dexter. Like, you root for Dexter because he's going after fucking bad people. Yeah. And I guess also, I think that in my brain, I always viewed Joe as a lot more of a Dexter and so I think that's why when they made everybody more likable, I was like, well, I was like, right. this kind of takes because, away from that Dexter thing right. because but Dexter, he's not a Dexter. He's not. Yeah. Um, although he went through, I think, some pretty similar shit to Dexter when he was young, which is why he is the way he is now. For sure. Also, Carolyn Kepnes, the author of the book, is writing another one. Another one. Like, who knows when it'll come out. Yeah. But she has said that she's not done with Joe's story yet. And so. I will say that while the episode, while the end of the last episode was le- uh, kind of like, leaning was the wrong word, I don't know why I wanted to say that, was like gathering up to kind of make it seem like it was going to be a, like a complete story, mm-hmm. the last couple seconds gets you because he looks over a fence and he sees you. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, Which I, have, I liked because I'm I have, glad that it leaves open for something else. Yeah, I have a theory about who that is. Like, and I don't think it's one of the stronger theories that the internet is lobbing onto. I think that, like, obviously there's other people out there, like me, who probably also have the same idea. I never read anything like that. Like, if I have theories about things, I don't research them online. I will... So I so, never know if anyone has the same... Yeah, I will sometimes. Like, sometimes if I, like, I have, like, a real strong theory, I'm like, I wonder if anybody else is thinking this, too. And so then I'll just Google just to see if, like, I'm alone or if there are other people like me out there. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I am alone <laughs> in my theory. And then sometimes I'm, like, sometimes I'm real, like, with the masses with my theory, apparently. And then sometimes I'm, like, right in the sweet spot in the middle. So, but, so I have my theories about that. So when the third season comes out, we will talk about what that theory was. <laughs> we will leave it at that then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, okay, so do you want to rate the season? Sure. I would, I will, I mean... You're probably gonna kind of have two answers because one. I do have, yeah, I do have two answers on its own. So I'm, if you're okay with it, I'm gonna give two separate answers. Yeah. So in comparison to the book. In comparison to the book, I would rate this season a four out of five. Um. For all the reasons that you guys heard me (laughs) reiterate over and over again in this episode, um, but taking that away yeah just on its own on its own um i would give it a five i think it was a compelling story i think that the characters were all very well written and complex um and it was all very well acted Mm -hmm. um it was very smart there was a lot of easter eggs that were thrown in there both as homage or reference to the book and also just literary easter eggs that like kind of foreshadowed things that were gonna happen yeah. in the season yeah which i thought is which i think is super smart like and it makes me want to go back and obviously i want to go back and rewatch it anyways but it makes me want to go back and rewatch it so that i can be like 
oh, look okay. even closer. Yeah, like look even closer, see if I can find more stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it's well worth the binge. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So yeah, it's ten episodes. Um. So it's fairly quick to watch. Yeah. Um. I also agree. I give it a five. I can't compare it to the book because I haven't read the book. So. Um. But I give it a five out of five. I feel like. Um. I even like it a little more than I did the first season, maybe, because of yeah. how complex the characters were this time and how many different emotions you feel yeah. for each of them. Um, and, yeah, like you said, it was a really compelling storyline this season, and so it kept me... like So the first day that it came out, it came out on the 26th of December, and so as soon as I got home from work... Actually, not right as soon as I have, a couple hours after I got home from work, I started watching it and I literally watched eight episodes. And it was like 12 o'clock at that point. And so I was like, should I watch the last two? And I really wanted to. And I was like, bitch, take yes to bed so you can go to work in the morning. So I did. <laughs> and then I watched them the next day. But like, it had me hooked from episode one. Yeah. And actually, so the very first couple of seconds in episode one, I wasn't sure, like the very first couple of minutes, I wasn't sure how I was going to play go out. Yeah. and how I was going to like this season, but then it got me. It got me. I think I remember having that exact same feeling in the first few minutes of watching like a, this too. There was like a weird flow there to was the a beginning. Weird, yeah, it was... But it kind of made sense. It, yeah, it did. Make, it made minute. sense afterwards, but like, yeah, when it first started, I was like, where are you guys going with this? Yeah, when it because in the first scene, not to like redive into our whole conversation, yeah. but in the first scene, like it shows a body on the ground and, and then it pans up and it's a, a movie set, and yeah. so I kind of was just like for like a second I was like, wait, going what are this? they doing? Are you, are you like going real like out like breaking the fourth wall? Yeah, like, like, <laughs> where are we like, going? Like where are we going with this? But and then in, you know, yeah, but then I was like, uh oh, I think it was just to point I, out the fact that he was in Los Angeles. It was. But, and um, to kind of and reiterate that whole idea that like Los Angeles is full of fake plastic things. Everything's and, like, fake. And Joe's nothing's what it looks exactly. like. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, but anyways, so we both rated a five out yes. of five. So watch it. So yes. Five perfect bites. <laughs> five murders most foul. <laughs> I do love a murder most foul. Yeah, so highly recommend, especially obviously if you've seen the first season. If you haven't seen the first season, you should also go watch that because it's very good. And also, if you have not read the book, or books I should say, I highly recommend you going out and reading the books in addition to watching the show. Yes, I have had Amber's U book held hostage for like nine months now. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and I still haven't read it. It's okay though, because I have the I audio only got book. like two, two or three uh, chapters in. I need yeah. to restart all over again. But yeah, I have, um, I have the audio book version of it now too because so I had the physical version. That's what I where I read it. Yeah, like the first one, and then I found out that they had a sequel, and so I used one of my Audible credits so that I could listen to the sequel, and yeah. I loved the narrator so much that I purchased the original, the original yeah. in the audio version, even though I already owned it in the paperback because I was like, I wanted to listen to him, like, say it. Yeah. Which also brings me to another point. As much as I love the narrator for both books, I really, really, really want them to Penn do... Badgley? Yeah, to do a version where Penn Badgley narrates it. That'd be cool. Like, because he, he 
does such a good job. Like, I love yeah. the voiceovers because it makes me feel like when I was listening to the books. Yeah. Obviously, only with Penn Badgley's voice in there. But, like, it it's just, yeah. That'd love, be cool. Yeah. Maybe they will. Like a, you know. Special edition. Special edition version yeah. of it. Because, I mean, there's a lot of books out there that have multiple versions of narrators. the audiobook. Yeah. With different narrators. Yeah. So, um. I think that they could definitely benefit from that. I would, even though I own both of them on audiobook, I would repurchase both of them on audiobook if they were Ben Badgley. For sure. Because I would purchase them with Ben Badgley. Yeah. Because with audiobooks, for me, um, it, has, it, have it is then. very dependent on what the narrator sounds like, how yeah. the overall tone and flow of which they speak, but also... Um, I do, if I'm going to re- listen to an audiobook, I prefer to read along with the pages because I'm a visual learner. I have to see the words in order for me to remember them. Yeah. Just listening to it, it doesn't work for me. So I, if I were to purchase it regardless as an audiobook, I'd need to like read the book alongside with it with for it, it to for really sure. sink in and for me to stay focused. Um, cause I don't like listening to audiobooks if I'm not 100% focused and I'm wor- working on something else because then I'm like, I just missed every, like I don't, and then I, I missed keep, a huge section I here. keep having to rewind and like, it's just not a good thing for me for personally. Sure. But, uh, yeah, it would be kind of dope if they did it in Pet Badge's voice. So, I, I would whoever is in charge of that shit, it. if you ever hear this, we should reach out to him. We should. <laughs> and be like, just record it for us personally and we'll pay you. <laughs> Come on to the podcast and just read the book. Yeah. Well, chapter I'm, by chapter. Chapter by chapter. It'll be a series. That'd of, be legit. That would be legit. Pen, Come on, bruh. We can pay you in a uh, weed. And if you don't smoke weed, we can pay you in food. <laughs> we can. Yeah. We'll figure out something to pay you. We'll, okay? we'll pay you in. Have your people call our we'll people. We'll pay you in books. I have lots of books Friendship. in my room. Pay you in, in, in friendship and... Scout massages. Whatever you need. You know, foot rubs. You let us know. Give us your rider. We'll figure it out. Exactly. You need a bowl full of all green M&M's, we, we got you. We'll eat all the other M&M's. For a sure. sacrifice. <laughs> what a sacrifice we would be making. <laughs> anyway, so you want to go into the Fuck, Mary Kill? Um, sure. I had a hard time. I actually, I spent... Way too much time trying to figure out who to do the fuck Mary kills on this, and I'm still not. Yeah. I'm still not happy with my selections. Your erection selection. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not happy with my erection selection. Um, and I came up with two different ones. One, yeah. <laughs> one's all girls. One's all boys. <laughs> That's why it takes you so long because you have to have like. A bunch of options. <laughs> well, because I did the first one. I make one I'm option like, and I'm done. I'm like, next, move on to the next thing. <laughs> You're like, I need 32 different scenarios, depending on how I feel in the moment that I choose. <laughs> That's the way my personal anxious brain works. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't know how to like, just make a concrete decision on something. <laughs> it's constantly in a state of doubt. But what if? Yeah. But what if? <laughs> no, no, no. But what if? Um, so, you know what I'm going to let you do since I am so horrible at making decisions? Tell me whether you'd prefer to do a fuck, marry, kill of boys or of girls. Um, well, I did actors and I did male, so let's go with female okay. characters. So, fuck, marry, kill. Love Quinn. Okay. Candace slash Amy Adams. Okay. And Beck. Okay. Um, 
I wish that I knew more about his relationship with Candace when they were in a relationship mm-hmm. to make this decision. But I don't. So I have to go off what I know. And so I will say... I think I'm going to kill Beck. Okay. Because she's a cheater. Mm-hmm. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Yeah. Cheater, cheater, you Pea died. Cheater. <laughs> cheater, cheater, you dead, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you dead. I don't like cheaters, okay? Um, I mean, I liked Beck, but she was also kind of like, like, she didn't do anything so horrendous, but there was just something about her I didn't like. She was very selfish and self-absorbed. And the fact that she also cheated. And then like, but anyways, okay, I kill her. You did. Okay. So now I have love and I have Candace. I think I will marry Candace because she's a survivor. She, um, she fights for herself and overall she's a good person. Mm -hmm. And then I would do love because she crazy so she probably be crazy in the bed <laughs> I was toying between marrying her because it's like she's flawed I'm flawed we could be flawed together but I'm not as flawed as her for sure by any means and so just do her okay that's my choice gotcha um I think because well, just because... Can I guess what you're going to do? Sure. Go for it. And then you can guess what I'm going to do before I tell you mine on okay. this one. What do you think I'm going to do? You're probably right. I don't know. I might not be. I think that you're going to... Kill Candace? Marry Love and do back. I don't know why, but that's just what I was thinking. Okay, go. Because that's exactly what I was gonna do. Is it? It was exactly. Bye bye. So I'm gonna fuck back, marry Quinn, uh, or love, I mean, and kill Candace. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Boom. Nailed it. Um, because there's just some. I just have this vibe that there's something about Candace that you really cannot stand, and it's probably from the books. Oh, but she's not in the books. She's that not much. in the books, but because of the character that they were, they were making her into the character that she, from the book. From the books. Um. Obviously. Like I said, they made her a little bit more likable in this than that character was in the book. But that is, she's essentially playing that character. Um, so. That's hella funny. Yeah. And from the little bit that we did get about, like, how Candace was, like, in the little flashbacks of, um, not from when he, like, almost killed her, but, like, from in the first season. Because you get a few little flashbacks of, like, how she was with him. And, like, she was kind of an asshole. She was a cheater. She was a liar. She was not a likable person. Um, also. Oh, I did forget that she also cheated on him. Mm-hmm. Um, Dang it. And oh, well. so putting that together with kind of, I think, what they were going for as far as, like, the character that she was in this. Um, being the character trying to be the character in the book that was Amy Adam. Because there's a character in Hidden Bodies called Amy, that's Amy Adam. Got and they essentially, that's why they have her use that as her yeah. her alias. Is it like that kind of homage to like, yeah, this is the character that like we turned her into essentially. Um, and that was, it was not a likable character. Like, 
she was horrible. And, yeah. like, um, plus just, I, I just, I, I don't know. Even though I know I was ma- meant to feel more sympathy for her in this because of some of the backstory, like that, like her going to the cops and like them not believing her, and like that does suck as like an ass- like if you're an assault victim and like nobody is like believing you. There was still just something about her I just really didn't like. There's a vibe. Yeah, well, I got that vibe from um, you, which is why I figured you probably killed her. And so <laughs> I did. That's why I killed her. Um, fuck Beck because Beck, I don't think like. She wasn't as deep as she wanted to believe she was, but she was. She looked like she was probably a good leg. Um, <laughs> and uh, Love is a, obviously a very broken, damaged person, but everything she does is to protect her family and to protect the people that she loves, even if it is highly misguided. Right. And, like you said, she's crazy, so she's probably going to fuck real good. And if I marry her all the time <laughs> um so yeah but yeah you you nailed it right on the head of what solid I was gonna do. <laughs> okay so now actor edition we have Penn Badgley we have Chris D'Elia okay and we have John Stamos Ooh. so for those who have not seen it Penn Badgley plays Joe Goldberg slash Will Bettelheim Chris D'Elia plays Henderson the perv and John Stamos plays Dr. Nikki Ah, Dr. Nikki. <laughs> I like the little part that they gave him in, in this season. <laughs> yeah, although I kind of felt like it was unnecessary. It was, a, yeah, it was a little unnecessary. I think it was more done for exposition for a 40s character. Yeah, but for sure. Um, also, spoiler alert to that scene. <laughs> Dr. Nikki's back. But they don't know anything else other than that. No, they don't know what what, what transpires in that conversation. Exactly. But, um, or where that conversation takes place. Exactly, or where it goes, what, what it leads to. Um, sex. Just kidding. Yes. <laughs> Forty and Doctor Nikki have sex. Yeah. <laughs> Just Conjugal kidding. visit, bitch. <laughs> well, now they know where it took place. Oh shit! My bad. Rude. Cut that out, Stephen. <laughs> um. Damn, that's a hard choice for me. I know. That's why I chose it. Uh. So Penn, John, and Chris. Um. Um, okay. I think, I think I hate myself (laughs) for what I'm going to do, but it's okay. Um, that's me in any decision I make ever. (laughs) Um, I think I'm gonna fuck John Stamos because John Stamos, (laughs) Uncle Jesse, I've been in love with him (laughs) since I was a kid. Um, and he's just gotten better with age. Um, He's aging like a fine wine. A fine wine. <laughs> for sure. Um, I'm going to marry Penn because I'm just a real big fan of Penn Badgley in general. I always have been. Like, I think he's, like, when I watch interviews with him, he's got, like, kind of a dry sense of humor. He's real funny. He's real smart. He's a musician. Um, I think that every character I've ever seen him play, he has not has not been a disappointment yeah like even just down to real small characters like when he was in john tucker must die and he was the other tucker like he nails what whatever role people give him he nails it um i'm surprised by you killing chris a little bit i'm gonna i'm gonna kill chris i'm so sorry chris 
you're hilarious, which normally would tip the scales in in your favor. But in this instance, I think that um, the nostalgia of John Stamos won out on that. Um, And yeah, so. Sorry, Chris. Do you want to guess what I'm going to do? I think you're going to... You're gonna fuck John Stamos, marry Chris D'Elia, and kill Penn Badgley. Not even a little. I know. I genuinely didn't know. I'm so not I a big Chris D'Elia girl, so well, he was already dead. Well, and see, I thought that, but then in my head I was like, but I don't know how much you actually like Penn Badgley. So then no, I, was, I do. I do like Penn Badgley. Because the comment you made I know, earlier. No, but <laughs> I find Penn Badgley as Joe more attractive than I do Penn Badgley as Penn Badgley. And see, when but you, I still like Penn Badgley. But I think when you made that comment, that in my brain, I was like, oh, maybe she doesn't like Penn Badgley. And then I was like, well, she likes real funny people. So then I was like, maybe yeah, that's... Yeah, I'm not a girl. Yeah. I, I don't know him well enough, but um, he's just not my type. Um, he's got a I'm literally face. doing the exact same thing that you are doing. I'm screwing Uncle Jesse. And marrying Penn. And I'm a married Penn. Nice. Yeah. I was thinking about marrying John, but then you brought up the whole John Tucker must die. And I was like, oh, yeah, he was great in that. Such a cutie. And in freaking um, uh, Easy A. I yeah. loved him in Easy I A. I love him. He's, I love him, too. He's so cute. He's the best. Anyway, so fun same-sies. fact, and this is a total nerd moment that I would normally not share with anybody, but now I'm going to share with everybody. Um, so for a very long time, and I haven't done it recently, just because life um, has gotten in the way. But I used to write, oh, um, celebrity RPG, like, um, and I played Penn Badgley. <laughs> I think I played him very well too. You're funny. That's also probably why I like him even more now because what I do when I because you were him. Well, no, no, no. Because okay, I'm such a fucking nerd. When I used to do the the RPG, if I was going to play a character which was based off of a obviously a real person, um, I would do as much research on them as I could. Like I would find out like stuff about. Them. Like, you know, I'd read their, like, Wikipedia and stuff, but then I'd also, I'd watch a bunch of, like, um, interviews and stuff, so I could try and get the tone of the person down, because I, even though I was doing something very nerdy and also mildly creepy, um, at the end of the day, for me, it was a writing exercise, like, to, like, hone my writing skills, and part of creating I think a well-rounded character and like a fully fleshed out person is like doing your research on how how you think they might be obviously it's fiction the the game is fiction you make up shit but like yeah you know I wanted it to hold a sense of realism I guess that's funny so I found out a lot about him and I watched a lot of interviews with him and I that's what made me like like really him. like 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 I I already liked him from like Gossip Girl and stuff and from the things I'd seen him in but like I really liked him as a person after I like did research on him yeah. and I feel a little bit like Joe right now I was gonna I, a little you know, as, as you were saying it I was like mm, you're feeling like Joe right now <laughs> a little bit a little bit um, okay so with that let us do our think bank of the week.
do you have your pitfall oh so just quick our thank bank is where we say our pitfalls and our peaks of the week and what we're grateful for for sure join us on our social media and tell us yours um pitfall uh pitfall um i had several pitfalls this week it was a very emotional week for me for some reason um but I'm probably going to say the multiple times that I cried in establishments because <laughs> things just weren't going my way. <laughs> um, no, uh, I had, in the same day, <laughs> I cried in two different places <laughs> that had a lot of other people there. Yeah. So Panera fucked up my lunch order on Monday. Um, which was the second time they fucked it up in a very short amount of time. Um, I was tired and I purposefully pre-ordered my food, um, and had it delivered to my office so that I didn't have to leave the office to go get it so that I could have my entire lunchtime, right? I don't know why I'm going into the whole fucking story. (laughs) Nutshell... They didn't bring me something I paid extra for. I ended up having to go to the store, taking up part of my lunch time to go do it. Had to wait in a line just to be able to tell them that they messed up. And was just on, like... It wasn't really so much about the fact that they messed up or that they didn't, you know... I was already on edge, and it was just kind of like, you know, when, like, the... The straw. The straw that broke the camel's back. And... I started crying, um, which was very embarrassing because you're crying in, in a Panera when there's a line of people behind you waiting to place an order, and it seems like you're crying about bread, <laughs> like, is a little embarrassing, but, um, but yeah. So. Um, Oprah would disagree. I love bread. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, plus side, they ended up comping my uh, food order and giving me, in addition to giving me, like, a substitute for the bread that they were out of, which is why I didn't get it, um, and then giving me a chocolate chip cookie, which was very nice of the manager of the Panera. So, (laughs) thank you, Devin. That's what his name tag said. (laughs) Um, And then in that same day, uh, I also went to Marshall's to do some last-minute um, like get last minute pieces for my Christmas shopping because I had most of it done but like there were still a few things that were missing which by the way there was like really not very much at Marshall's it was kind of sad to see like it was super picked over like yeah. people are fucking crazy around the holidays like and have no respect for retail workers or <laughs> the stores that they are in it looked like a bomb had exploded in there um but so I found this really pretty, like, wine glass that reminded me of looking at bubbles as a kid. Like, that, like, rainbow iridescenty thing. And, like, the glass, it made me happy just looking at it. And I had had such a shit day already that, like, I was like, I want to get this for myself. But I didn't have a price tag on it. And when I went up to the counter to buy the rest of my stuff and also buy that, 
they made this like whole big thing about like oh like it's part of a set and we can't sell it to you singular and I was like well there was no other I was like oh I would buy the whole set if there was a whole set back there I was like or I'll pay the same I'll pay the price of the full set for the one glass I was like I just want the glass and they were acting like they weren't gonna let me like um buy it and that also set off my emotions I'm triggered very easily right like recently and I started crying in the Marshalls too because I was also getting anxious because there was a huge line behind me yeah and so like taking that extra time to like send somebody to go try and find it and then do a price check and do all this other stuff and it was like I was getting anxious being that person that's like no I really want to buy it please do the price check and I was trying you know like the kind of person I am, I'm not very confrontational, but I was, like, I was just in such a, like, mind frame of, like, no, like, I'm really upset right now. I'm feeling, like, really low and really, and, like, shit, and I feel like this glass is going to make, like, maybe not make me feel better, but, like, I just want one thing to go right and be easy. I just, one yeah. thing to be just, like, cool, we can't find it, we're going to give it to you for the same price as the other wine glass that you're buying right now, or yeah or whatever and it yeah it triggered me and so I cried in another store in the same day um so I guess my pitfall this week is just my fragile emotional state (laughs) that leads to me crying in public which I mean I obviously am a proponent for crying I feel like you need to do it it releases toxins it's a healthy thing it's cathartic but I also don't like doing it in front of strangers because they don't give a shit about me necessarily yeah um although I will say that in both of those instances there were strangers that were actually very kind to me and didn't make me feel worse about the fact that I was crying in front of a bunch of strangers so big ups to them big ups to them pour one out for them I will with that 40. With that, who, with that my 40 love? With that 40 Quinn. <laughs> um, my pitfall would be that I'm getting sick. Short and sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel good, so that's my pitfall. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had food poisoning on Thursday. That wasn't super fun either. <laughs> yeah. But. You only get one, boo. I know. <laughs> What's your peak? Um, my peak of the week is um it's a person that I've it's a a, my peak is a person (laughs) uh there's a I've made a new friend via another friend um and I'm very excited about how the friendship is going like I feel like I met well, not met, but, like, I've been talking to a person that um, I just really instantly connected with, and I'm excited to talk to, and that has made certain moments that I've had this week where I felt, like, real low and, like, felt overwhelmed, like, it made it feel a little less bad. Yeah. So, my peak of the week is meeting, is making a new friend. Cool. Big ups um, to that new friend. My peak of the week would be spending Christmas Eve with my family because it was pretty chill this year and and even Christmas Day, like I did some like self care and stuff. But anyways, um, 
yeah, it was a pretty chill Christmas for the most part, and everybody got along, and yeah, Christmas, peak, week. <laughs> so what are you most grateful for? Um. Hmm. There's a couple things, which is why it's hard for me to obviously pick. We know this. Um, I think I'm grateful for just the compassion of others in general, whether they be people who have known me a long time, um, who are being compassionate to, you know, the things that I'm going through and making themselves available for support and stuff, and just the compassion and kindness of people that I don't even know, like the manager at the Panera or the cashier at Marshall's who wasn't even the cashier that was helping me who took my hand while I was crying and told me that everything was going to be okay and that was like a beautiful and a smart person and that things may feel bad but they're not going to stay bad yeah and so yeah I just think the human like being able to find I'm grateful for being able to find the humanity in around me <laughs> yeah that's a good one i didn't word it very well but eh, who cares the core thought is there <laughs> i'm pretty sure nobody else thought you didn't word it well other than yourself which brings you to my gratefulness <laughs> of this week which is i think i've said it before but it's like self-reflection and like working on myself um i'm just really grateful that i can make myself a priority and work on the things that I don't like or the things that my brain automatically does that I don't like because as I said before like I'm the only one that can change it for myself and so I'm just grateful that I can think about things that I want to be better in my life and actively put some actions towards them you know I do I yeah. need to be better about that yep you do working on everybody that. should so my last thoughts are just that because I am a severe culprit of negative talk to myself and putting myself down that we need to stop doing that because it's only making that part of yourself worse like the more that you do it the more that, the you, more that you the, think it's okay to do it. Yeah, the more you feed the negativity, and the it's bigger the negativity monster grows. Not okay. So um, even if it's something little, like I'll be doing something and I'll do it wrong. And in my head, I'll be like, you fucking idiot. And I'm like, I'm not a fucking idiot. I made a mistake. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. Move on. Get over yourself. Like, sometimes you just have to have that conversation with yourself outside, out loud or internally. And, you know, it needs to happen in order to correct those behaviors. Oh, that's why that's why one of my favorite parts from the Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered is the part where Georgia is talking about like her like breakthrough in therapy where like her therapist was like imagine like next time you like want to call yourself a stupid fucking idiot for doing something like you know relatively minor or just in general any with anything that like think about would you say that to like five year old Georgia like why does why don't you deserve the same compassion that you would give to the younger version of yourself? Yeah. Like, you sh you deserve that 
now too yeah um and I try to when I I have actually been a little more conscious of like when I actually have my negative thoughts and I do say stuff like that to me I immediately go like nope think about what like think about what Georgia like wrote in the book <laughs> like try and put that into practice yeah so and yeah I think it's a mixture of both of those things of like reminding yourself that you you're allowed to make mistakes you're not worthless you're not an idiot and then also like putting actions behind things that you want to change like the two together is like you know an unstoppable combo for sure like as as many things that have happened this year that have been very low lows for me um I actually and even just especially recently in like the last like couple of months I've had like more and more I feel like lows just in my you know in how I get um I actually am really excited for 2020 like I feel like good things are coming that maybe all the like the pain and the struggle and like the things that have been happening are just you know cliche as it sounds like they were just things that were prepping me for something good to happen yeah. you know can't rain all the time it's true so with that we will bid the adieu yep but But before we go i need to stretch my legs my knees are locking up because i'm old as shit (laughs) but before we go (laughs) go to our social media at twat you say podcast on instagram give us a follow give us some double taps share us with your friends leave us some comments go to our our podcast on whatever Whatever you can find it on. <laughs> yeah, whatever you listen to podcasts on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And listen to um, some of the episodes you haven't listened to before. And, you know. Maybe start with some of the more recent episodes. <laughs> They're better than our original ones. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say better. I liked our original episodes. They were just a completely different style. And That's true. also just a little crazier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but any Hoosier, I'm about to go lay in bed and be sick. So see you guys later. Bye. Okay, bye.